pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Audio Vault on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. It's 0600. What's the O stand for? Oh my God, it's early. Wake me up, wake me up. Wake up, wake up, wake me up. Oh, wake me up, wake up. Rob Thompson. You don't believe the other way in transition to the oh. for the left hand slam. Oh. I want some nasty. Rudy J. Cowboys win. How else would you settle this game? How about this, Cowboys? Yeah. each day as if it were on purpose. I wake up in the morning, I piss excellent. R&R in the morning on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Good morning. Good morning, good morning. Wake up and stop yawning. It's R&R in the morning. Rob is out. Rudy and Edwin are in. Tune in to 941 San Antonio Sports Star. But right now, without further ado, we're joined by ESPN NFL Nation reporter, covers the Dallas Cowboys and has covered the NFL since 1997. Our main man, Todd Archer, like we do every Monday. How you doing, Todd? I'm doing all right. It's Good. a little different doing these deals, uh, not from the West Coast, where I, it's like three in the morning, it seems like, after a night game. Man, I, I swear, right before you came on, I was like, man, Todd finally up at a real decent hour and not five in the morning trying to go and catch a plane and talk to us at the same time. So how do bye weeks work for you, Todd? Like, I, you know, I follow you on Twitter. See, you t- you, do you kind of just detach as well? I know you probably, obviously you're watching the NFL, but you kind of right. detach as well, kind of get your juices yeah. back going. I think once once I was done Thursday with writing my stuff for for the end of the week and the start of this week, I just kind of shut it down and said, uh, and then you just cross your fingers that no one's getting in trouble. Where you're going <laughs> to say, hey, the Frisco police, da 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 da, where you got to track that stuff down. And and honestly, what you know, what's funny about like weekends, like the bye week, it's really the only time you get to watch football because you think right. we're we're at a game, so it's not like I'm watching these other games, so. You know, you can watch a Sunday night game or, or maybe a parts of a noon game if there's a 3.30 kickoff or whatever. But, yeah, this is like one of the few weekends you actually get to watch football. And, hey, I was able to get to the state fair yesterday, so that was Nice. Nice. What's the best thing you had? Uh, the Biscoff cheesecake, fried cheesecake thing. Nice. That was unbelievable. Nice, nice, nice. Now, Wednesday, you tweeted that they worked out eight players. Now, it was four offensive linemen. Two linebackers and two tight ends. What should I read into that, Todd? Should I read into desperation or just flat-out depth? Yeah, I think flat-out depth. And this is something that Parcells used to say. These, this is your Tidewater team. Okay. And Tidewater is like the AAA affiliate of the Mets back in the day. So that's something that he, he kind of just stuck with them. And this is what you, you do during this time is you find guys that, hey, if you have positions of need, who's ready, who's healthy, um, how, what kind of shape are they in, all that kind of stuff. And I thought it was interesting, uh, maybe five or six of these guys are dudes that just got released by team, so they should be in good shape, right? And then a couple of them, okay, the offensive linemen, who, who can play center? 
I, I think they're going to add the Glazer guy to the practice squad today. Okay. Uh, Chris Glazer was with the Jets. Um, they lost Harlow back to the Giants. He signed off the off the, the practice squad to go back to New York because of the injuries that they've had up there. I thought it was interesting. They have a couple tight ends in. Maybe Peyton Hendershot's injury is a little long-term than they think. Um, more than just a four-week IR deal, so the scene what's out there. And then we know linebacker is an issue with the Van Der Esch injury and just the sheer numbers that they don't have. So I, I think it was more looking for depth than looking for difference makers because, let's be honest, who's a who's out there that's going to be a difference maker on the street right now? Hardly anybody. And then you get into the trade deadline as to what what they may do here by the end of next week or middle of next week. Yeah, I want to stay with the tight end, Ty, because I feel like, you know, again, hindsight is twenty twenty, and Dalton Schultz isn't coming back. But I do feel like that was a true weapon that they lost. Now, I know you talked about the Hendershot injury, but considering with, when you look at Dak with Witten, when you look at Dak with Dalton Schultz, I think, have they gotten what they thought they would get from Ferguson up to this point? Yeah, we, we talked to Linda Wells last week, and he's happy with, with where Ferguson is. Um, and believes they are getting what what they should have gotten from her, from him. I think you know the issue is probably the the totality of the group hasn't produced the way you thought they were. Hendershot really he has one catch and he's been hurt. Schoonmaker, their second round pick, has one catch, has missed a couple of opportunities to make some plays. Dak has missed him as well. Mm -hmm. So I think that the when, when you measure what Dalton Schultz did, I think what they were trying to do was replace his production with multiple guys, and that's just not happened yet, uh, which is surprising because you said it. Dak has had this security blanket relationship with tight end since he's been there from Witten to Dalton Schultz, uh, and he has that with Ferguson to a degree, um, but you want to see more production out of your tight ends. And some of that is, let's look at Mike McCarthy's history with tight end production. Mm -hmm. It's not right. It's not what we're used to from all those years with Witten and then with Dalton Schultz under, under Kellen Moore. It's a little different in how he uses or goes after his tight ends. Yeah, that, that's very true. I, you know, a lot has been made, especially, you know, down here, we're cowboy country. A lot of people not happy with Mike McCarthy's play calling, Todd. For me, I feel like, considering what he told us all the way back in March was about running the ball, I feel like because they haven't been able to run the ball and set up the pass and put Dak in a better situation, it's kind of just – blown his game plan in the wind and he's kind of pressing a bit why can't they run the ball yeah that, that's it's funny i just wrote down things okay what are things that they needed to get better at and the first thing i wrote was the run game three three point nine per carry you know some of it i guess you can look at and say well they've not had their guys out of that well they've had the guys the last two games <laughs> and they've not run the ball at all so um they, they do have to get the running game going in, in a better way when you look at who they're going to be playing, how they're going to play, to me the interesting thing, some of the numbers are skewed in the run game because 40 to nothing against the, the Giants, 30 to 10 against the Jets, 38-3. So, so those blowouts really kind of skew what the Cowboys can be offensively or are offensively. And obviously the blowout loss to San Francisco was, was terrible as well. But they didn't really run it great against the Chargers. And, you know, that's something that you, you that you could always count on the Cowboys to run the ball. Maybe not as good as they were when they had Tyron and, and Zach and, and right. Travis Frederick at their peak, but they could still average more than three nine a carry, have more than 
do more with their guys, whether it was Zeke, whether it was Tony Pollard, whether it was DeMarco Murray, whether it was whoever running the ball. The, Darren McFadden had a thousand yards here too. And that's something that they, they really have to come out of the bye week and get, get the run game going. You've been around Jerry, and again, we're joined by ESPN NFL insider covers the Cowboys, Todd Archer. You've been around Jerry and Steven long enough. The Devontae Adams stuff, is it just is that just Cowboy Nation throwing stuff in the wind? We yeah, know he's disgruntled. There's, there's nothing there, right? Because even yeah. if so, that's not the – It's a, I guess if you want to talk about Gallup's not being able to get back to what he was, them not being able to get the ball to Cooks, but I don't think bringing in Devontae Adams even fixes anything because they're not – offensively clicking enough to even use a weapon like that and pay him $30 million. So I, I look at it, the, the, everything you just said is absolutely true, and I look at it from a different perspective, okay. and, and it's the cap. Gotcha. They're, they're kind of hosed next year where, where they are. I'm not saying things aren't impossible because every team can, can manipulate the cap however they want to manipulate it. But you're looking at Devontae Adams' contract. He's going to, let's say, I think it's like $28, $29, $30 million a year. They have to pay C.D. Lamb. <laughs> they have to pay Michael Parsons. They got to pay these guys. So to me, if there if there's a trade that they're going to make, it's with a guy who's out of contract after this year. That it's almost a rental than it is a guy like Devontae Adams. Which again, I don't. I think that's just pie in the sky stuff that people want to say. Oh, he's unhappy. Let's throw the Cowboys into there. You know <laughs> right. that that stuff happens all the time. I I just don't think you'll see the Cowboys be players like that when they've got to tie up so much money on the guys that they do have. And, and not only the, the draft pick compensation. Again, with all the money they're going to have tied up on guys, they got to have the, the, all these draft picks that make the team at low cost Great to point. fill in holes. So Great point. I don't see them being huge buyers out here in the market. doesn't mean that they won't. I would put it at 5% that they'll do something noticeable. Um, but it might be more along the lines of, Going to get a Jonathan Hankins, which is what they did a year ago, before the right before the trade deadline, then it would be going get Amari Cooper, which is what they did in 2018. Do you feel like McCarthy is pressing and feel like he's is he feeling the pressure? Because I, I, you're at the game, Todd, but I'm watching and they keep panning to him. They keep panning to him, and my guy looks he looks he looked a little bit under pressure. And then, you know, and after they got that final pick to you know seal the game. He seems so relieved. Is he is is he is he feeling the pressure a bit because he decided to take over the play calling and things aren't working out so well offensively? I, I I've not asked him that, so I don't. I'm hesitant to get into what his mindset yeah, okay. is. But I, I agree with what you're saying about how he looks. And, and let's be honest. Now that he's the play caller, there's no out for him now. He can't say, mm. Jerry, you, you don't have me calling the plays. I, I you know I, this is what I do. Now it's on him, and you know the the, the buck stops with him now, and, and and there's no other excuse that he can make. Um, he said he's playing to his defense, he's playing to his strength. He didn't do that a whole bunch in Green Bay because his offense was almost always the strength. Super Bowl year is a little bit different, but that was when they had a great offense and a great defense, so he he could he could pedal to the metal a little bit and, and be okay. Um, I, I do think that. You you're, you keep waiting to see like consistency in in their attack and their approach. And again, I'll go back to like you know four of their first six games have been blowouts. Either way, True. that is kind of impacted what they can and what, what they can do offensively. I, I don't mean that as an excuse, but that's why I think this next stretch, which he calls a, he's broken the season down into trimesters, 
you know, five of their next, or four of their next six, and five of their next seven are at home. This determines mm. the season because December is Philadelphia, Buffalo, Miami, Detroit, and Washington. Yeah, it's brutal. You better in be in a position to go two and three, three and two, and still make the playoffs. So you got to have nine wins in my mind by the time you're you're starting December. Great point, great point. And again, we're joined by ESPN NFL Insider covers the Cowboys, Todd Archer. Todd, you was you were well. The Cowboys were off. Did you get to watch? I'll kill two birds with one stone. Rams and the Eagles, their next two opponents. And if so, what did you think? I uh, did not see much of the Rams game. Okay, um, but watch the Eagles game. What did you think? Um, they're good. <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> no, uh, are they? I, are they? Because you know, Jalen Hurts. He's he's been turnover prone. He had right. six picks all uh, last year. Now you know he had a fumble yesterday. Had a batted tip. You know what? It, are they still that good? Or are they just lesser opponents? I, I, the the way that the, Miami's. Uh, I look at Miami's offense and say, how are the Cowboys going to do against them? And that, right. right now, I don't know. Philadelphia held them to seventeen points. Right, I mean they they were able to and do one was a pick that, six, but really ten when you did. right, yeah, right, yeah. They so you know they, and look, Tyree Kill is unbelievable how fast he mm. got, man. I just I don't, I don't think I've seen a guy that fast on a football field. So they were able to do some things against uh, against Miami to to slow them down. Um, th- that probably impressed me more. I can't stand the brotherly shove. I hate the play. You don't like it? I don't. I don't like it because. Not because the brotherly shove. That's the first I've heard that. <laughs> well, I think that's what they call it. I, call, I so thought it was the tush push. The tush okay, push. okay, go I ahead. I went with bro- brotherly shove. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I don't like it. Not be, and I don't think it should be illegal or anything like that because heck, it, no one can stop it. No one can stop it. Um, but you're almost it's it's always first and nine when you're playing them, or or if it's if it's third and one, fourth and one, you know they're going for that, and that's an advantage to them. That they they're going to convert almost all of them. So th- th- uh, that that game when they play Philadelphia here November fifth up there, that's going to be as big as the Niners game because it's going to be coming off of okay, are you really if they beat the Rams right, which you think they should? Are yes. You, here's another test to show you: Are you for real or are you just a, a pretender? And they don't have to win the game; they just can't lose forty-two to ten like they do in San Francisco. They they have to, and I don't think they they view Philadelphia. They're not scared to play the Eagles. They've had success against the Eagles yes. uh, here in recent years, and really, with Dak's been their quarterback. So, um, that that's going to be another, I don't season defining game, I guess. But I I think the way Philadelphia goes, they're they can make plays against them offensively. Uh, defensively, I wonder how they will be able to stand up against the run game, and you know. Let's see if Julio Jones is now involved in this thing. A.J. Brown, we know, can make plays. Devontae Smith can make plays. And one thing the Cowboys defense has allowed is big plays, 20-plus pass plays, much more this year than last year. Wow. And real quick, Todd, Micah versus the media, you've seen it all. Even if he's right, even if he's right, Todd, and I think a part of it is right, I think we do over-scrutinize them, is that that's not a battle he can win, right? Right. No, it's not a battle you can win. I'll go for something and look, Jason Witten and Micah Parsons might be personality wise at the far ends of the spectrum. But Witten, when he retired, wrote when he was with ESPN, he wrote something about players and social media. And he had a line in there that's always stuck with me and said, keep your eye above the spectator line. Mm. And, and that's what this is mm. a little bit, too, with Micah. It's like, dude, 
You only thing you should care about is what Dan Quinn's telling you, what Mike McCarthy's telling you, what Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, Will McClay. Just care about that. And I and look, I get what he's kept was saying because there is a, a scrutiny true. that this Me team too. faces that the Carolina Panthers don't. But guess <laughs> right. what? Mike, you're in a Tostitos commercial because you play for the Cowboys. Yes. If you were doing this in Carolina, you wouldn't be getting a Tostitos commercial. Hey, man. He's Todd Archie. He joins us every Monday at 7 o'clock. Cowboys face the Rams. We'll be talking to him Monday morning again. ESPN NFL Nation reporter covers the Cowboys. Covered the NFL since 97. Todd, always appreciate your time. Have a good week. We look forward to seeing you again. Sounds good. Talk to you guys next week.